This speaker was recorded at an Addictive Eaters Anonymous meeting held in Scotland. For more information, visit www.aeainfo.org. I will hand over to Kate, who's going to share her experience, strength and hope. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Ibrahim. Thanks, everybody. Um, it's so great to be here. Um, I just feel, uh, I know Tony and I both feel very privileged to be part of your first workshop in, um, in the UK, and hopefully this will be the first of many more. Um, so I first found out about 12-step fellowship for food addiction through the doctor. I went to the doctor to get the slimming pills because I was a binger and a vomiter, and um and an exerciser, so I wasn't overweight. And um, But I thought about food all the time from the moment I woke up in the morning until I went to bed at night. I was consumed with thoughts about food, how I was gonna get it, um, how I could be alone to eat, because the amount of food that I ate and the way that I ate wasn't socially acceptable. And I didn't wanna share my food with anybody, so the way that I ate was very secretive. And, um, and so to control the amount of food, to control the weight for the amount of food that I was eating, then I was doing the binging and the vomiting, uh, the vomiting and the exercising. And um, I was very, very ashamed of the fact that I wanted to eat all the time. And I had tried drugs in the weekend off friends and I really loved them. It was the only thing that I'd found that I felt like I didn't need to eat and I was still happy because if I was controlling the food um, and my idea of a diet was starving, I wouldn't eat anything at all. Otherwise, once I started eating, that's it. I couldn't stop. It would just be huge amounts of food. Um, so, and if I was starving, then I'd be miserable, I'd be angry. And then when I was eating, I'd be happy, but I'd be alone because I'd be so ashamed. I didn't want to be around anybody. And so these little magic pills made me feel like I could be out in the world and happy without eating. But I thought, how am I going to get these pills? Because I'm not overweight and they're slimming pills. It was speed. So I went to the doctor and it was the first time that I was honest about what I was doing. I was in my late 20s and um, the doctor said, oh, you need to go to a 12-step fellowship for food addiction, and that's when I first found out about it. So I went to a meeting, and I just felt that it was just too scary for me. I wasn't open-minded enough to take it all in. It was, it was still such a secret, and I wasn't ready to come out and be open about what I was doing and who I really was. So it was another six years after that before I actually started coming to meetings regularly and at that point I had done a treatment for alcohol dependency. And um, when I was in the treatment centre there they said if there's anything that could lead you back to the drinking you should address it before you leave here. And I was binging and vomiting in the treatment centre so I knew that food was my dirty dark secret and that's when I started going to meetings. And um, to start off with I was very angry about being an addictive eater. I felt like, God you made me like this, you fixed me, why should I have to do anything about it? Um, I wanted to be a normal, nice lady that wore a twin set in pearls, and why can't I just be slim and be normal? You know, why do I have to be like this? And um, 
Yeah, so it took quite a long time of coming to meetings before I really started to see sobriety um, because I was so angry and resentful and still trying to work things out my own way. So I was coming to meetings for quite a long time and people were getting well around me, but all I could see was what I didn't like. Their tummies are too fat. Um, They don't look happy enough. You know, I was very critical, looking at the differences instead of the similarities. But something inside me, when I went to the meetings, I knew that's where I needed to be. Even though I hated it and I didn't want to be there, I just knew that it was where I needed to be. When I was eating, I had gone through the counsellors, I'd been to different churches, I'd done... um, you know, I've been through the hospital system, and um, and so I tried lots of different things to sort out why I couldn't get my life started. I thought it was because I was a loser. Why can't I just get my life together? And um, of course, I wasn't saying anything about what I was doing with the food, and um, so. Yeah, I wasn't able to really be honest. And so when I came into the fellowship, what really struck me, I think, was the honesty and that they were people like me. Um, And it's the first time I'd really struck that. And I remember um, I'd been in, when I went through that treatment centre for alcohol dependency, um, they said that this is not a cure. If you really want to get well from alcoholism, you need to go to AA meetings. And when I went to the meetings, they said you need to get a sponsor. And I remember I was in AA for about a year and I was looking around for a sponsor and I I knew I needed that, but I could not find a sponsor, I could not find a sponsor. And then I went into a program for for food addiction and boom, there was all the sponsors. There was a room full of sponsors and I just felt like this is where I needed to be. It just felt like it was the right place. And eventually I did get a sponsor, even though I was still binging and vomiting and I was still smoking cigarettes and I hadn't I, I hadn't really accepted the program or what I was or what I needed to do. I did get a sponsor and I started working the steps. Um, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, just get on with the program. That's the way I see it. That's the way my sponsor sort of um, guided me. And so I did make a start on the steps as best as I could. And I remember the first thing my sponsor said to me was get a job and be self-supporting because I was on a government-funded benefit. And um, essentially, to all intents and purposes, um, there was no reason why I couldn't be working. And it was that real direct honesty that I knew inside myself that's exactly what I needed because I knew I needed, I should have been working. But I had gone down that road of just love yourself and look in the mirror and give yourself positive affirmations and tell yourself you love yourself and eventually when you feel better you'll be able to get out there in the world and you'll be able to live and everything will be okay but that hadn't worked for me and that does work for some people and great I mean it's a lovely message I wished it would work for me but it just didn't I needed someone to say now come on Kate let's you know cut the crap and um, and get on with it and yeah so that's what I got and so eventually coming to meetings I got sick of the binging and the vomiting and I um, so I stopped the vomiting I stopped the exercising 
I wasn't drinking, I wasn't taking any drugs, and for the first time in my life I got fat, really overweight, and I was in the fellowship, and that's when I really felt the physical symptoms of, of being a compulsive overeater, of overeating, so I was getting the dry, the, the night sweats, um, the dry horrors, and just um, the headaches and the just terrible burning sensation every time I ate and even when I wasn't eating and just I just felt so sick all the time and I remember one morning I got up it was seven o'clock I was down at the dairy buying all the food for the day and the dairy owner telling me off for buying all this food didn't want to serve me and getting home and by eight o'clock that morning all the food was gone I hadn't even left the house for work yet I had nine hours of work ahead of me and I thought how am I going to get through the day and I remember thinking just keep eating it was the only thing that I could think of to get me through the day that I felt like I had some something to live for was just the food and so that's what I did I carried on eating but during that stage when I was so sick I really started to see people in the fellowship in a different way and I thought these people look free their tummies don't look so fat anymore. They actually look a lot better off than I do. They look happy. They look light. I felt like I had the world on my shoulders. I felt so heavy. And I was starting to be able to hear a message of recovery at this point because I had got worse and I had been beaten into um, reasonableness, I suppose you could say. And at that time, my sponsor was saying to me, maybe the reason you can't put down the food is because you're still smoking the cigarettes. You know, addiction swaps from substance to substance. If you want to get well, you've got to put down everything, have one lot of pain. But I was too scared. I didn't think I could live without the cigarettes. And eventually around this time, I started thinking, maybe my sponsor's right. Maybe I'm going to be one of these people that has to put down everything if I want to get well. I can't wait until I've been on a food plan for two years and then look at the cigarettes, you know, just I'm going to have to do it now and when I realized that she was right I realized as as well at the same time and this to me was a god job because I had these sort of light bulbs going off over this time I realized that I wasn't going to change that on my own with the best will in the world tomorrow was not going to be different I was going to be exactly the same that I was not going to be able to get myself well and I could see myself as an old lady with all these supermarket bags walking down the street and all my money would be spent on food and and it would be sitting in front of the TV watching the daytime telly and just with my food and I'd be so lonely and alone and that's what how I saw my future because that's how I was living and it's how I'd been living for quite a long time and I started to really want something different and eventually I rang my sponsor and I said will you help me and she said yes and so at that point um, I went on the patches for the cigarettes and I take my sobriety from three months later when I was on a food plan, no patches, no cigarettes, no binging, no vomiting, no over-exercising and um, no drugs, no alcohol, just on a food plan and just trying to live a sober life. And by the grace of God, that's quite a few years ago now and I haven't had to pick up the first one. Um, so that time of surrender... As I say, there was a lot of things that happened all around that time. So when I first came in, until that time of surrender, that for me was seven years. And what I absolutely believe now is it does not matter how long it takes, it is absolutely worth it to get that freedom from the food. When I wake up in the morning, I am not thinking about food. I don't think about it during the day. I have my meals and I like them. I like the food, I like what I eat, and I enjoy it, but when it's finished, 
that's it. And there's no craving or wanting for more food. So the food for me, in my mind, is in its right place, by the grace of God. And so even though it took a while, the best advice that I was given when I came into the fellowship is keep coming back, just keep coming back no matter what. And these days, you know, that's the, that's the first half of the first step talks about the substance, and then all the rest of the 11 and a half steps is about living a sober life and how to live a sober life and you know I've been taught so much about how to walk into a room full of people you don't know you know I wouldn't do that I would stay home how do I go to work when I don't want to I would snort pepper up my nose and ring up and sound like I had a cold and say I couldn't go in today and or I'd you know and I'd do that and then end up losing my job and think oh you know I'm so useless poor me because I didn't know how to turn up for things if I didn't feel right and I've learned all of those things about how to live in the fellowship and um, and through having a sponsor and just doing the suggested things and getting through those steps. And so today I still have defects of character and things that I need to work on, but I know if I keep on coming, just like I got that freedom from the food and all those other substances, eventually I will get freedom from whatever else is coming up because not because I am good, but because God is good and God wants me to have the best life that I can have so that I can be of help to him and useful to other people. So it's very, very good to be here. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.